Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to another bonus short lecture from the History Teachers Talking Podcast, where Tom or I will lecture on big topics in little time. For more information, you can visit us at www.historyteacherstalkingpodcast.com or visit evergreenpodcast.com. During the Middle Ages, barbers and surgeons were not distinct professions as they are today. Barbers, in addition to grooming tasks such as cutting hair, shaving, also performed various medical procedures like bloodletting, tooth extractions, and minor surgeries. At the time, medical knowledge was limited and the clergy, who were among the most educated individuals, were prohibited from engaging in surgical practices. As a result, barbers filled the void and became the primary caregivers for medical procedures. During the Middle Ages, the medieval Christian church played a dominant role in society and wielded considerable power over various aspects of life, including medicine. It upheld the teachings of Galen, an ancient Greek physician whose medical theories heavily influenced medieval medical practices. Galen's ideals emphasized the importance of the four humors, blood, film, yellow bile, and black bile, and the concept of balance among them to maintain good health. The practice of bloodletting, a common medical treatment in medieval times, was based on these humoral theories, and it was one of the medical procedures that barbers often performed. Due to the influence of the church, the practice of surgery was considered inferior to other fields of knowledge, and was often associated with manual labor and physical labor, which was seen as a lower occupation. The clergy was generally discouraged from engaging in surgery as it was believed to be impure and beneath their spiritual standing. This restriction, coupled with the fact that formal medical education and training were scarce, meant that the role of caring for minor medical issues and performing basic surgical procedures fell to barbers. Barbers, on the other hand, were not bound by these religious restrictions. They were skilled in using sharp instruments for grooming tasks like cutting hair, shaving, and trimming beards, which made them more familiar with handling surgical tools. As a result, they were called upon to perform procedures like bloodletting, wound dressing, and tooth extraction. Over time, this association between barbers and surgical practices led to the emergence of barber surgeons. As the demand for medical services increased, barber surgeons began to organize themselves into guilds. These guilds aimed to regulate and standardize medical practices and to ensure some level of competence among their members. Barber surgeons underwent training and apprenticeships. During the Renaissance, universities did not actually provide education on surgery, which was deemed as a low trade of manual nature. Because of this, barber surgeons were soon welcomed by the nobility and given residence in their castles of Europe, where they continued their practice for the wealthy. These noble tradesmen, armed with the sharpest of blades, performed haircuts, surgeries, and even sometimes amputations. During the 14th and 15th centuries, the Black Plague wiped out a large number of university-trained physicians and barbers became increasingly relied upon for medical procedures for the common man. Flying barbers traveled from town to town setting up tents and offering their services. In 1540, King Henry VIII united the company of the barbers and the fellowship of surgeons with a royal decree and created one unified trade guild, the Company of Barber Surgeons. The barbers and surgeons remained joined in this way for more than two centuries. 
Practice of surgery was still in its primitive stage, but the new discoveries were being made very often. Barbers and surgeons regularly perform dissections on corpses to further their knowledge and master their craft. The alliance between barbers and surgeons was always quite uneasy. For centuries, barbers were not interfered with in the practice of surgery and dentistry. But as knowledge progressed and surgeries became much more complicated, it became evident that the barbers were attempting simply too much. It was impossible to expect ordinary human beings to basically practice surgery, dentistry, and various other operations in a small shop. People began to complain that barber surgeons were making them more sick than well. Formal medical education and university-based training became the norm after the Renaissance, which led to the eventual separation of the two professions. Surgeons gained more recognition as the complexity of medical procedures increased, and the barber's role shifted back to simply grooming and basic healthcare tasks. To identify themselves as medical practitioners, barbers used a distinctive symbol outside their shops or workplaces, a pall with white and red stripes. This pall had a brass basin attached at the top to collect blood during bloodletting procedures. The symbolism of the barber's pole is derived from the procedure that they performed. The white stripes on the pole represent the bandages used in wound dressing and surgery. This signifies the barber's medical practice and their expertise in handling minor surgical procedures. The red stripes represent blood, which was an integral part of the medical practices at the time. The red color symbolizes the bloodletting procedure and the barber's association with medical practices involving blood. The barber's pole served as the visual advertisement for their services, especially in a time when many people were illiterate, and symbols were essential for conveying information. Passing pedestrians could easily recognize the pole outside the barber's shop, indicating that medical services were offered there. Additionally, the pole also functioned as a focal point for patients to grip during bloodletting procedures, helping them to steady themselves during the process. Although the original context of the barber's pole has changed over the centuries, it still remains an iconic symbol of the historical relationship between medicine and barbering, and serves as a reminder of the evolving practices in healthcare and grooming throughout history. Hope you guys enjoyed the short lecture. Tom and I will be back later this week with a full episode. I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast, and if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. Hello, my name is Peter Zablocki, and I'm a historian, author, and college professor. I'm thrilled to invite you to check out Evergreen Network's History Shorts podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, join me on a journey through time, exploring the little-known and hidden gems of history. In each bite-sized episode, I'll dive into my original research to bring you intriguing historical curiosities you've probably never heard of, uncovering the fascinating stories that have shaped our world, from forgotten figures to overlooked events. And the best part? I've condensed all this historical goodness into manageable chunks, perfect for your on-the-go lifestyle. Whether you're commuting to work or squeezing in a quick break, History Shorts fits into the little time you probably think you don't have. Subscribe now and never miss an episode of the History Shorts Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts.